business. It's called a con, and my wife is the grand prize. Now what? Half a million dollars. Tax-free. Just for walking away from her? I said tax-free. I didn't say free. What's 500 grand for? Killing my wife. You are listening to Don't Be That Guy, Guy's Sequel Remix. This is episode 244. I'm Marquis Mike. I thought of something clever to say earlier today, but yep. I forgot. Oh, you got to write them down. Shit. You just have like a, a list of them, and you just cross them off as you say it. It won't be as organic as I'll, I'll be reading it. That's true. I'm going to keep it fresh in the brain, the brain space. Yeah. Yeah. Should have got that afternoon coffee. I would have remembered for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, we were over here Saturday. Or like a game night, you know, you put on that music channel. It gives you a little uh, tidbits about the artist yeah, you listen to. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, because I write down his lyrics, because he doesn't come off sounding like he's reading them. Oh. So, you know, off the dome. Off the That's dome. Like, yeah, you don't want to make it seem like you're reading a piece you of paper. You know who should take his advice? Uh, who's that? Macklemore. Macklemore, yeah. Because he just sounds like he's fucking reading a fucking book. Yeah. It, I'm not sure what you can call his shit is music. Except that thrift shop song. That's musical. I've been waging war against <laughs> Macklemore for years. And people always act surprised when I'm just like, when I make like a, Macklemore's not very good. They're just like, what? Like, it's like when I tell people I don't like ice cream. Yeah. That's, I, that's delicious. <laughs> it's a sweet treat, you know? I get the same reaction. What? It, it's just, I feel like, you know, universally I feel like Mac, we all hate Macklemore. <laughs> Unless you live in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You're the only ones who like it. But, yeah. Don't, don't badmouth him. <laughs> Not in these parts. Yeah. You get lynched. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, so you didn't write it down. I didn't write it down. <laughs> I'll have one next week. Have you written down... What are you watching? Um... It's been a week? Television? Movies, they're all around? No, um, what have I been watching? I feel like, hey, well, um, the lady and I dipped into the new season of Top Chef. Okay. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. It's the one on Bravo? Yeah, yeah it's Top Chef. Okay, we got into that, which, that's fine with me. Yeah. I, I, wa- I like watching those shows up to, like, the last episode, mm-hmm. and then I never watch the finale. Because my guy always gets kicked out before. Yeah. So I'm like, you fucking assholes, you put these two dipshits in the finale, I'm not watching it. Yeah. It's like, uh, sometimes we watch The Voice, mm. and I like the blind auditions, but then once all the teams are picked, I'm out. That's when I, that's, when I've watched that in the past, that's yeah. when I've dipped out too. Yeah, like once it becomes like a competition, I'm just like, eh, I'm not into this anymore. Can I tell you what I will be watching? What's that? ER. It's on Every Hulu. Every season on Hulu. You brought it up last week, so I, I, we assumed by this week you'd be three seasons. Haven't out. had a chance. I got that Nintendo Switch going. I'm really into. I'm really into Zelda right now. Yeah, okay. Between that, yeah, playing guitar and Top Chef, I'm been booked. Oh man, you gotta get dual screen. I've been booked. Dual screen action. You know that's the nice thing about the Switch. Yeah. In this, uh, I could pop that right out. In society today, I mean, if you're not absorbing all information, like, you're way behind. That's true. I should have... You have, like, a podcast in, TV, a video game going. I could have a podcast in one ear, an audio book in the other, TV on, Nintendo Switch set up over here, and then I still got room for probably two more things. Yeah. Yeah, The newest Macklemore album. Yeah, you gotta be listening to the newest Macklemore album. You gotta have, like, a sports ticker just always going... 
Um, and E-Trade. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody cares about finances. <laughs> you can't, you know. You said audiobook. It's I was day like, trading. Oh, you ever had a conversation with someone about books? <laughs> if you find someone who also reads, no way you guys read in the same book at the same time. No, no. <laughs> You're never going to leak up. You'll be like, oh, you reading that new, um, you know, hot new thriller that's out? It's like, no. But, going back, reading Moby Dick. It's 300 years apart. <laughs> Both are okay, though, you know? You're never going to be Both able are to, good. You're never going to leak up. That's right. Unless you're in like a, have you ever been in a book club? I've never been in a book club. Like, we jokingly had the Don't Be That Don't be that Guy book club. Yeah. Where basically we just tell people, hey, this is a good book reading. This is a good book, yeah. Um, I've never been in a I book club. I got recommendations off that, yeah. I, I've heard... I've heard many people of starting book clubs, but yeah. it never pans out. Yeah, and I've always wanted—I've always wanted to be in a book club. But then I think, nah, I don't want to be in a book club. If there was like a social club where I didn't have to do the work, but you just told me to read a book, I'd do it. You know, then we get together, I don't know, eat some cheese, drink some wine, discuss chapters one through eight. I could do that. Yeah, but I don't—I'm not going to organize a book club for you. Yeah, that just seems like work. I just want my book club to be like we all read the same book. Yeah. And you have, you know, a month to read it. At the end of the month, we talk about the whole thing. Oh, the whole We thing. don't even talk about it. We just say, we get together. Yeah. We don't eat cheese. We eat pizza. Okay. We drink beer. Uh-huh. And we say, do you like the book? Yeah. Okay, cool. What do you want to read next month? That's it? Yeah. No, you got to be able to, you know, I want to talk about the, uh, I want to talk about the, um, you know, the, 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 the social commentary that the author was making. No one reads books like that anymore. In this, uh, this sci-fi book. This is probably why uh, book clubs don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. No one reads or writes books like that anymore. You gotta just, you know, you gotta have a back and forth. I don't want to read, I don't want to read that book about Trump. I don't give a shit. Oh, I don't read, I don't, I don't read non-fiction. <laughs> you should read some non-fiction. Have me there's some good this world. There's some awesome non-fiction out there. I want, I want, I want to be whisked away to, to a world of fantasy. But I also want it to look like America because I don't want to go too far. I don't want to be too far out of my comfort zone. I gotta understand, like, yeah. okay, buildings, streets, you know, <laughs> general time period. It's like I can relate to that. I was reading years ago. I was reading the uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, and I actually had a lot of fun uh-huh. reading that and popping Google Maps up on my PC. Yeah, and kind of like, where the fuck are they? Is that Sweden? Yeah, that one is no Iceland. Icelandic. I think that's Icelandic. It's either Icelandic or Swedish. Uh-huh. But that one, that was fun. And you do that with the Dan Brown books, too. That's a lot of fun to do with the Dan Brown books, okay. too. He's got a lot of locational shit. Like, oh, man, that's real. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's all fiction and that you're building me the world. World builders. Like, what is this This Louvre? It sounds... <laughs> he's so creative. Like, he's... he's. I really feel like he's, he's built an art museum. The man's an architect. Yeah. <laughs> Creators for land, Paris. Put a museum there, man. <laughs> I, I, my mind doesn't work that way. I'm not that creative. To like, just what is that? What is the lover? Yeah, he has his own language. A, he's created. As a friend asked me when I recommended him, the Da Vinci Code. The lover. The lover. And I, I mean, some people, you know, just don't know how to pronounce French words. That's no, fine. No, it's not that like being said, home. I do know that this person took French in high school. Oh. Because I always say, you're dumb for taking French. Yeah. No one speaks French. That's Spanish really helping you out. Spanish. That has helped me out, man. I go, to, I go, I order in Mexican all the time. Oh. Or in Spanish all the time at a Mexican yeah. restaurant. You you have said that to me before about wasting my time in French. My job? They're like, hey, you understand French. I got clients in Montreal. Boom. And I got me out more than Spanish. 
Oh, oh, oh. Clients in Mexico, so I have no idea what this says. <laughs> One of you other, uh, you know, people, you figure it out. Yeah. No, don't let him off the hook. You just said, when I'm reading Dan Brown, I like to have a Google Maps. I like to see the thing. You see Louvre in it? Go ahead and type that into a Google browser. <laughs> for Google pronunciation? Yeah. It'll tell you. Yeah. You click it, it'll just say it for yep. you. Like three times. Just to make sure you get it. Don't look like a fool in front of Mike. <laughs> like, this is Louvre. What's the Louvre? What's the Louvre? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, Google it. But see what it says. The, but then there's the whole Brett Favre thing. It is confusing. I, I, I would Google, I'd, uh, Google pronounce that as well. <laughs> We're talking books. Um, it was some author who was like, don't, uh, you know, uh, be assumed stupid. Don't open your mouth and be like, that guy's dumb. So, you know, take that to heart. <laughs> what have you been watching? What have I been watching? If you say ER and oh. you're on season five. We're so in. I'm going to be really proud of you. We're so into ER right now. It's, you know, that show's so groundbreaking how, you know, uh, bloody it was. And fast-paced for 1993. I am really excited to get yeah. into it because I remember I loved that show. Yeah. Went to college. Yeah. Uh-huh. Quit watching TV. Yeah. And then. Oh, we discussed this. You missed the you missed the whole Mackay Pfeiffer run. I missed it. You didn't. You, like, what's he been doing? He was on ER. Apparently, Stamos was there. For like six seasons. No, I've not dipped into ER. That was a that was a podcast I was listening to. That was like ER is on Hulu now. And then, oh. like, the show was amazing. It was so groundbreaking. Everybody should watch it. It was, It's one of uh, the streaming services' great white whales. Another literary reference. I remember about two years ago. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna. Oh, it was less than two years ago. But we uh-huh. watched Nurse Jackie on Netflix. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna watch another hospital show. Huh? I love that. And I'm like, where's ER? It was nowhere. Nowhere. nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Hulu harpooned it. Good for them. They got it. Uh, we, I, 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 I've seen some movies. We can. Uh, you know, if anyone wants to tweet me, I finally see Star Wars, so let's let's get some spoilers out there. <laughs> I waited a month, but feel free to talk about it. That stuff was crazy. Uh, when the movie goes silent, makes perfect sense. If you don't get it, you're dumb. Yep, thank you. They're moving faster than the speed of sound, is that? And they're in fucking space. Yeah, like they move so... at light speed, so there would be no sound because they were moving so fast right. that you wouldn't hear anything. Hyperspeed, they're in hyperspace. Yeah. Um. So that's crazy. Uh, porgs, I get them. You know, if they show if the picture shows up on the internet, if there's like a meme. It's like I get that reference. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that thing. I didn't know what they were called even like after I'd seen the movie. No, I was talking to a coworker and she was like, "I love the porgs." Yeah. I'm like, do they say porgs in the movie? I don't remember that. I had a friend text me. And I was like, what the fuck's a porg? And she's like, the little thing with, like, Chewbacca's hanging. I'm like, oh. Yeah. The I, penguin cats. I had a friend text me, and they're like, you seen Star Wars? I was like, no. He's like, oh, man, you're missing out on porgs. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I saw it. I was like, yeah, I get it. I, 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 in my mind, there are penguin cats. I read, now, I don't know how true this was. I don't know. Like, I can't cite my source, but... That where they were filming, there were so many uh, indigenous birds. Puffins. Puffins. That it was just cheaper to CGI over them. Then remove them completely. Then remove them completely. That's a baller move. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I can't sign my source, but I feel like that's something I read. So, you know, that's good. Yeah, just CGI over it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's what the movie is. It's CGI. Why not CGI a puffin? A little more. Yeah. Or just take the puffin and make it green. Now it's an alien. Yeah. Yeah. Green puffins. Alien puffins. I wonder what the um, 
you know, the housekeeping uh, nun lizards were. That they were like, we got CG over these people. <laughs> just just indigenous people who live there. Like, well, we can't get them to, We've asked them to move. They refuse to. Just CGI over them. There are some things wrong with that movie. Oh, yeah. Is it crazy that it's like sitting at like a 96% round tomato? No, because I think it's a I think it's an excellent sci-fi action film. Uh-huh. But there's some weird shit in it. Yeah. The aforementioned nun creature things. Right. Yeah. Why? They were taking care of the island. Uh, yeah. They've I lived mean, there for years. I mean, I don't have a problem with them. Yeah. But it's like it just seems so tacked on. Yeah. Maybe a little uh humor, I guess. Like uh-huh. relief. Um, a couple other like real nerdy things we won't get into. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, I think this is you know I mean one one of the things with Ron Tomato that you know once you kind of get over a certain score they all kind of just blend together. But it's one of the things like well if everybody just gave it a B which I think is a solid B it gets a ninety six because no one's gonna say well this movie's bad because it's not it's not a bad movie I just like. Man, it's such a high score. It's, like, compared to the other Star Wars, I was like, I wonder where this sits. Well, and that's the thing. The Rotten Tomatoes algorithm is... is it's a pass-fail. It's a fake thing. Yeah. It's not real. There's no math to it. What do you mean? Of what they consider a positive review. Oh, right, yeah. It, that, that is left up to interpretation. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's... You know, not everybody gives a star rating. Right. They have to read the review and be like, wait, does this guy like it or not? Exactly. And then they have to say, exactly. this was positive, this was not. Yeah, it's... Check, check... Check minus. I don't know. Yeah. No, there is no checks. There needs a check. That's what I like about Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Just is what it is. Yeah. No, they'll generally nail it. It's just like, yeah, this was good. I was just like, man, 96. I was like, it's so high. And I was like, I wonder, I do, I, I would like to see all nine Star Wars now. Where, like, how they rank. Because uh, I think I remember mentioning these. Like, I, I think I liked Rogue One and um, Force Awakens more than I like this one. Yeah. As did I. But you know, As did I. it was good. It's fun. You know, As uh, did I. Uh, I'm yeah. an atypical Star Wars super. They're fan. building up. They're building up. I, I'm an atypical Star Wars super fan because I would say I'm a Star Wars super fan. Yeah. But I'm not one of these motherfuckers, and I know a lot of these people. Oh and yeah. Some some of them listen to the show, and I apologize ahead of time. No, fuck you. But there's some listen of these motherfuckers like that I mean, you could slap the Star Wars logo uh-huh. on a can of piss, yeah. and they. would Buy a pallet of it. Okay, yeah. You know, some people are just like, slap Star Wars on it. Hardcore fanboys. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you gotta be a little more critical. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking before the podcast started rolling about, you know, you making some money doing some maybe hacking. <laughs> All right. This isn't gonna make any sense to the people Whoa. listening, but <laughs> Star Wars edition. Think about it. Oh. Now, now we can upsell it. Yes. Like, this isn't even involved in the game. We just put Star Wars on it. <laughs> yeah. Although there was a, there's been a couple articles because so it's it's 96 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, with the audience, it's like 55. It's it's really split people. So I think there's also that super fan that was just like, well, hey, I did a whole fantasy plot in my head, and then this movie came out, and no, this is a bad movie. Yeah, I mean, we do know that. The, the the reader reviews can be skewed by one or two individuals that really set their mind to it. The reader what? The reader reviews yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes can absolutely be skewed by a few a minority. Yeah. Because they're assholes. 
Yeah. And the mo- most pe- yeah. most of the viewing audience does not go to Rotten Tomatoes to leave a review. Right, exactly. Yeah, I've never rated a movie other than on this podcast, and I don't know if we count those Rotten Tomatoes. We haven't got a letter. <laughs> I, I, I haven't got like an official letter. That was yeah, like, we, you think we'd get like a, a, like a certificate? Yeah. yeah, we have a little lapel pen lapel that pen? you get to wear. It's a tomato? Yeah. yeah. You get the, I, I, would want the, I would want the Rotten You tomato. get the Splash. Yeah, yeah I want the I Splash. Get the, I get the, yeah. the fresh one. And, but yeah, so I don't... I don't know if, like, we factored into, like, Kong Skull Island. Uh, and there's two of us. How do they do that? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, one guy liked it, one guy did it. That's only 50%. That's a wrong score. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, th- so, you know, it, it is a minority that could just be very vocal and be like, so basically, like, well, half the audience didn't like it. It's like, it's not really half the audience. Half the audience doesn't vote. That's More right. of that. 75% of the audience doesn't That's right. go and be like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm leaving a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. It's not as easy as like when you're on Spotify and you just be like, eh, click thumb. You know? <laughs> I have to remember like get my phone out. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't know I could have a profile. Right, right. I thought I could just use it to search things. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, what do we expect in 2020? Star Wars Episode Nine is that what it is? Two years? They're putting out so much Star Wars shit. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's a movie coming out next year, the year after, the year after. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Force Awakens was just two years ago. Yeah. So man, every other year, it's a machine a saga release. Star Wars, careful, you will get Marvel fatigue. Yeah, just, I'm just warning you. You keep so, putting a movie out a year. I'm the next one's the Han Solo movie. Han Solo. And then. And then maybe after that's a, another saga, and then nine. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they're going every other. They just start again. They just hey, here's another three. I don't know. Yeah, they they got all mapped out. It's a machine. Yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, I think that that Rogue One style, mm-hmm. well, the one off stuff has got some serious. They found something good there. Yeah, because there's some really cool. I mean, it's such a huge universe, mm-hmm. mostly created by fans. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool shit. There. You know what? If you you know you were saying that if you slap a Star Wars label on a can of piss, someone will buy it. Yeah. If you're like really struggling, Disney, just saying, or if you fall under the Disney umbrella, it's like, oh man, no one's really gonna go see um, this you know kids movie about um, you know speed skating. You know, Disney always puts out those sports movies. Boom. Uh, speed skater, a Star Wars story. Just slap it on <laughs> there. We found it. It's so easy to CGI puffins. Okay, yeah, people aren't really going to see this movie. You know what? It's set on um, a Star Wars planet. And, you know, with those CGI. And turn those kids into those fucking numb things. Yeah, put, put the, you know, you just CGI a couple characters in yeah. the audience. Uh, you know, you, you put the cantina band somewhere in there. Boom. A Star Wars story. Doesn't even have to connect. Just, you know, you just make a billion dollars. Billion dollars opening weekend. You know, that's a billion dollar idea I just gave you, Disney. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, they are prolific. Yeah, putting out movies. They are. You know, us was was mighty prolific in making movies. Like, did we cover everything I saw? Yeah, I saw those movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. He has got put quite out some movies. The library that you He's got you, a you large library. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Twenty. Probably. I'd say it's in the fifteen to twenty range. Fifteen twenty somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. That's where I'd put it. Yeah. 
Um, more than you, Quentin Tarantino. Get to work. <laughs> How many more you got in yet? What about you, M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. You up to 15 yet? <laughs> he probably is. Spielberg was like, challenge accepted. Uh, this week, we're, we're closing out Hitchcock Month with a, another remake of the 90s. We, we, wa- uh, we watched Dial... We watched... A Perfect Murder, perfect murder. a remake to 1954's Dial M for Murder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Got caught in the chest with the beer. They'll get you. Yeah. Uh, Dial M for Murder, again, uh, 1954, starred Ray Milland, Grace Kelly, Robert Cummings. The story of a uh, retired tennis pro who is married to a rich woman who's having an affair and he hires a person to murder his wife so he can get, what is that, the inheritance? What do you get when your wife dies? Um, I mean, I think I he... you just get what she I, had? I guess he was looking into the money. I think it was more out of dis, uh, uh, disapproval of her relationship ah. than the money, in my opinion. I took, I took it that he needed that money. I mean, he obviously needed some cash. He was living that lifestyle. But I think... I mean, when you're spending 30, 40 pounds a week, you know. <laughs> a couple quid, to, couple quid here, couple, couple quid there. Quid, yeah. uh, but some things go wrong, and he's got he's to change uh, change plot right, right, right there in the middle. And, uh, think on his, he's got to think on his feet. Think on his feet. There's a, there's a whole investigation. Someone's dialed M. <laughs> on a rotary phone that took a while. Dial in for murder. Uh, so we both watched this one in preparation. Have you seen it before? I have. I don't remember. I, like I remember scenes from. It. I was like, oh yeah, we all remember that scene of like the attempted murder. And uh, I was like, I, I feel like I've seen that before. But I, I watched the movie. I was like, yeah, maybe I've never seen this. Or I didn't pay too much attention to it the first time around. What do we think of Dial M for murder? I think it's I think it fucking rules. I like the dialogue. Uh-huh. I love the detective. And like I've said before, Grace Kelly. Yeah, I don't make him like that anymore. <laughs> I really like it. I think it's a I think it's a fantastic movie. This so so I, I rewatched it. It's good. I, I I think the dialogue's great in it. Um, I watched them out of order. I watched The Perfect Murder first. I watched this one. It's so, like, the whole time I'm watching this, and see, I, I did not enjoy The Detective as much. I was like, oh, come on. Were we really let it get this far? She was set to be, like, convicted of murder already. There's going to be slight spoilers. We're not going to tell you, but... To be a better job, Detective. Hey, man, they're in a different country. That's true. I, I don't know the rule, the judicial rule. Guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, but I was like, man, this is, uh... Oh, come on. Let's follow this story. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know. Hokey, maybe, is this word? But Yeah, I mean, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a cheekiness to it's it. Got, yeah. That, yeah. But an enjoyable film. Um, I will say out of the, out of the three we've seen, I, I think I, I enjoy this one less, but still an enjoyable film. What do you think you got Ron Tomato score? Uh, I'm going to say this is definitely a, it's definitely a fresh certified. Um, if it's if it's under, I'm gonna guess it's like a seventy-nine. 
88. 88. Higher than I would have guessed. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sitting there, there, there. 88. Great run time. Hour 46 minutes. Enjoy that. It really, I, I think it really moves, too. I mean, yeah. it just keeps on. I mean, even the, there's just this awesome scene where the, the guy is quote-unquote hiring the murderer. Yeah. Uh-huh. So badass. Just watching him do things, touch things. There's things going on, like, and I'm like, God, it keeps going, it keeps going. But it's then it's done. I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that's what I thought. There, 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 there's, there's a quick pace. This, I, I think if there's someone, their argument to say like, um, I don't, know, I guess Rear Window. You know, I, I'd watch it with someone who had fresh eyes, and I was just like, that's a little slow. I don't think the same play would be about Dialing for Murder. I, I think this one does have a, qu- a quickness to it. It, it does does move move along quite nicely. You know, once the pieces are laid, it hauls ass. Mm-hmm. A, and but but when they're being laid, that's some, that's like my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, is the is the beginning when he's when he's trying to get it all set up. Yeah. So Hitchcock, you know, it's one of the successful. You think he's got a rotten movie? No. Yeah. I mean, I doubt he's got a rotten movie. It'd be interesting to go through and be like, you know, it's twenty. Was there one that was just like 50% of the critics were just like, nah, I think a swing and a miss. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. He always just has some redeeming moment. Mm-hmm. I, like the, like if you watch The Birds, mm-hmm. it kind of, it starts really weird and then it has this cool thing going on and then the birds just get fucking crazy and then you're kind of like, oh fuck, more birds. But then the way that movie ends, yeah, it's so crazy how that movie ends and I'm like oh that was awesome just cause the ending so many birds I was starting to get like yeah. birded out yeah. and then it ends and the way it ends I'm like fuck yeah yeah um yeah I, I doubt he does especially uh, you know with Rotten Tomatoes is uh they, they'll, they'll, they collect as many reviews as they can so some are from the time but some are also just like post and you know if you're writing a post Hitchcock review it's probably that we're already at the stage where it's like uh, he's very well revered Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was watching, uh, so I was on, you know, YouTube. I, I, I used to just kind of do some research about the movie and see what other people think. And there was like a, a video, it was like Martin Scorsese about M for Murder. And so I watched it. And Scorsese was just talking about like master. It wasn't even about the movie. It was just like, you learn so much watching an Alfred Hitchcock movie. He's such a craftsman. And so, yeah, like, now if you wrote a review, can you imagine some guy for like, um, I don't know, BuzzFeed does the movie review, goes back. He's like, I, I, I review classic uh, movie reviews. Uh, our classic movies, and he's like, Dial for Murders, like, sucks. It's 2017, this movie's garbage, and Rod's Bay is like, I guess we have to acknowledge this. <laughs> I, guess, I, guess, I guess this counts. We've already sent him the lapel pad. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Baseball Writers Association. Once you're in, you can't you can't get taken out. Right. You're just in it. You're just in it. A lifetime. <laughs> or reverse some old crotchety man who doesn't write reviews anymore, but, you know, just think of like his Twitter feed. It's just like, you know, BT dubs. Dial for murder? Trash. <laughs> More like dial T for trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so flash forward, 1998. It is the, it's the year of the Hitchcock remake. Because Psycho also came out this year as well. Oh, oh, they were same They year. came out same year. Wow. Um, wow. Let me see. I got, I got them written down here. We got Psycho, which came out... Oh. Uh, yeah, usually write the weekend down. I didn't write the the weekend down, but this one comes out uh, June. 
1998, June 5th, is its opening weekend. Uh, directed by Andrew Davis, who did uh, The Fugitive. Uh, Holes. Was The Fugitive before? Uh, yes, yeah. Fugitive has to be like 94, 94 okay. somewhere in there. Yeah, so yeah. Coming off Fugitive. Got some chops, then. He did, uh, did Holes with Shia LaBeouf. Another connection. Yeah. All these movies are connected. Yeah. I, I want to see the documentary about the Hitchcock remakes. I'm just, you know. Me too. Like, kind of that deep, like, uh, how, how people look like The Shining. I want people to look at all these movies. Um, he also did Collateral Damage, which I think is an underrated Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, you know, underrated in the sense that like, it's an Arnold movie, but very enjoyable. I think I've seen He has to go to, like, Columbia. Uh, he's, like, a fireman, and... Like, uh, Colombian terrorist, like, uh, killed his family. Yes! In Collateral oh. Damage. Oh. Yeah, Collateral Damage is under... You're right, yeah. that's an underrated Arnie that's movie. underrated Arnie movie. Yes, it's it fun. is. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> he directs a movie that is loosely based... So, um, Dialing for Murder is based off a stage play uh, that uh, was adapted into a movie. So, I guess they're basing it off of... But, so, he also takes the stage play, Dialing for Murder, which is a movie, and... Updates it, modernizes it, and calls it a perfect murder in 1998. Sorry, Michael Douglas, Gwyneth Paltrow, Viggo Mortensen. He's back. He's back. He's in all the remakes. David uh, Su- Suchet, and uh, that's really it. So it's kind of Viggo should have been the neighbor in Disturbia. Do you think in 1998, Viggo Mortensen, young Viggo, was like, I did Psycho, I'm doing a perfect murder. Man, you know, I got pretty good gig here if i'm known as the hitchcock remaker that's okay with me yeah and then like two years later three years later it's like hey you ever hear of the lord of the rings (laughs) (laughs) i have not but i'm interested (laughs) that's probably what he's most well known for right Oh, definitely. He's Aragorn. I don't think eastern promises but yeah i guess uh yeah i would lord of the rings are probably a little more popular yeah i'd say lord of the rings and then I don't know. I don't know if I'd go Eastern Promises next. I'd probably go History of Violence. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. Eastern Promises. Then maybe that movie that came out last year, which was actually pretty goddamn good. Uh, Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just The Road. That's in there. The Road. But, I mean, <laughs> if he would have been in Disturbia. Disturbia. Yeah, maybe we'd be like, oh, oh, Viggo Morrison, you know, uh, the, the Hitchcock guy. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he's on all those Hitchcock remakes. Yeah. Guy's a genius. I heard Michael Bay's going to put him in The Birds. <laughs> Hey, he still has a shot. Still has a shot <laughs> yeah, at it. That's right. I did read, uh, we were talking about it last week. Yeah, that's a thing. Michael Bay, produce. He's such it's going to be birds exploding everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have that to look for. Hey, we'll do that. We'll do that one in a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> we'll knock out the birds. Um, Vigo really showing off his, his range in 1998. You watch Psycho, you're like, okay, this like country, yeah. southern draw kind of kind of guy but you know he, he can smooth talk if he needs to go undercover he can make you believe he's another guy you know, That's right. on business travel and then you see him here just like stringy haired con man artist art type yeah bohemian uh, IMDB trivia many of the paintings in Viggo Mortensen's uh, studio were his no way yeah, those were his those were his working oh shit I uh, like it even more now yeah uh, watching the movie oh so we should bring out the plot Michael Douglas is a Finance type. Um, yeah, they dropped the, the tennis player. The tennis player. He's a finance type. Married to Gwyneth Paltrow, who is um, 
I don't know. Works for like the UN. Works for UN. But she's rich. Yeah, she's a rich. Yeah, she's a rich know, someone with white an inheritance. Uh, she is having an affair with uh, artist David, played by Viggo Mortensen. Um, Michael Douglas catches wind of this, and maybe this is why I thought Dallin from Murder. I was like, oh yeah, it was the money because in this one, I, I think the plot really is the money. Michael Douglas is like, I, I need that cash. Yeah, they 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 make it they make it more obvious. More obvious, yeah. yes. Um, in this one, he actually goes to Gwyneth Paltrow's lover David and says, "I will pay you money." to murder my wife. And from there, uh, the murder plot gets uh, foiled, and once again, we find, uh, uh, you know, an investigation of uh, what what happened that night that uh, someone was dialing M for murder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was that a thing? I mean, it must be, because that's the name of the movie, but, like, just, like, the dial M? The dial, yeah. I don't know if that was a thing. Back in the... He named it. 54 or whatever. He had it. He was like... Well, the, the playwright was like, Dial M. I don't know. Play, playwrights come up with really unique names for yeah. their... Like, or up, later... Up the down staircase. Shit like that, you yeah. know? It's like... Did we put the letters on the phone after that movie? <laughs> you know, because was there like a... You know, 1-800-CALL-ATT... Back in 1954, was there ever a reason to dial you know, M for something? That it, w- it did take place in England. Maybe that was yeah common place. Yeah, maybe they dial. did. Okay, all right. Emergencies. Yeah. M for murder. <laughs> B for burglary. Yeah. Just one. Whoop, boom. B for burglary. Yeah. <laughs> um. What was I say? Oh yeah. So Vigo is an artist. Uh, he he's having an affair with Gwen Thompson's character, but he does have a studio. Many of the paintings were his. We were watching him uh, do his work, me and my wife, and I was like, man, I should have been an artist. Because I really feel, I feel like I can just, I feel like in movies when you have an artist, he really is always just splattering his plate. I don't think there's ever been a movie scene with an artist who like paints like, uh, you know, there's ever like a Monet artist who's like doing the dots. It's always just like modern artists is just, we're throwing paint yeah. left and right. And I mean, I don't, I don't really want to start an art conversation. Yeah. Um, because that is one thing I have never understood is uh-huh. painters that call themselves artists yeah. and it's just fucking shit. Yeah. Well, he on. was poor. So like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Gwen thought of that was fantastic. And but I don't tell, a lot of people tell me I don't know anything about art. Yeah. Maybe that's true. That could be. Maybe that's true. Uh, Gwen thought of that was great, but he also had such like an angular face. A very handsome man. So I don't know if that plays into it. Did she actually like his art? It's just a lot of like. Uh, at one point, he gives a like tape, which has a picture of Gwyneth Paltrow that I feel like he drew, and I remember saying, "That's not like a picture of her." <laughs> like, like it's kind of like a. She looks dumb in that photo, that, that he drew. So I don't. How good is he? I don't know. I I mean, what's his media? What's his prime? Maybe he doesn't know his, his best medium yet. Yeah, he, you know, he it's, he's a work in progress. Yeah. So. Um. So this movie comes out in 1998. It's a, it's, a, it's a big June release. Opens number two. In box office, where I feel like, you know, that's a solid number. I feel like a lot of these movies I've been saying, they opened two. Um, it is behind the Truman Show, which opens that weekend as well, number one. Uh, tops Godzilla, Matthew Broderick's Godzilla, which was in its third week, and uh, followed by Hope Floats and Deep Impact. So that was, mm. that was your June choosing. 
No, this is nice. You, you, you get Godzilla, you get the Truman Show, there's a nice thriller in there, you know, good good thriller, and then, you know, if you need to go see uh, Deep Impact, you got that disaster movie in there, too. You, yeah, if you gotta go see Deep Impact again. Yeah. yeah. Fifth <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good a mix. It's a good little mix. Yeah. It Fultz was okay. the 31st grossing movie of the year, right in between uh, Lost in Space and The Parent Trap. Mm, that Lost in Space yeah. with Matthew LeBlanc. I like that to do this. Pretty good I, movie. I feel like it's a it's a little snapshot of um, of what the year was. Yeah, like. you know, kind of kind of gets you in the film mind. You know what the number one movie was that year? Ninety eight. Yeah. Was it Matrix? No, that was ninety nine. Uh-huh. Ooh. Was it Gladiator? It was not. It was Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Which uh, which won Best Picture, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we 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 had a little Oscar talk before the the mic started rolling. You see that ever happen again? Number one movie in America is also the best picture nominee. There's too many movies, right? You can go make your Star Wars, but then you can also do like your you know your important. I don't know. Well crafted. I mean, I'm pretty sure Dunkirk was the number one of the year. Oh, you mean overall? Yeah, yeah. The, the number, oh, no, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Sam Barrow is the number one movie no, of the year. No, it will never happen yeah. again. That will never, ever yeah. in a movie. There's going to be too many yeah. Marvel movies, too many Marvel movies. And Star Wars yep. movies, and I mean, and really, you know, those Pixar movies. And they don't get, you know, even if they're fantastic, um, which people tell me they are, uh, they never get the consideration. No. Yeah. No, no that will never happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's that's different a, time. Yeah, that's yeah. a once in a moment. Sam Barrow Ryan, number one movie in America, and then we go, yeah, we're giving this the awards. Yeah. What would be the last one? Lord of the Rings? But Lord I don't know if that was number one, but I mean, that's such a huge... The, the third one. The third one was the only one that won the best yeah. picture. But I mean, that's such a huge movie. It's like, yeah, that, we all agree. And then he gets the award. That be that might be close. Yeah, and then from there, it's just, yeah. uh, you know... That might be close. You can't get the blockbusters, and then you get, like, you know, your art house movies. And then, you know, every now and then a Mad Max comes in. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a little, little cross. Yeah. Little, little, little cross in there. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what do you think this got Ron Tomato score? Well, now before you say it, let me let me throw this at you. Hour forty seven minutes. And you know that sits with the hour forty seven. I think it's probably a, a minute longer than Dallin for Murder. I say this is, this is probably a solid. I'd say this is probably on the cusp of of, of fresh. I say this is probably like a sixty six. Oh, got that Star Wars audience treatment. Fifty five. Fifty five. Yeah, fifty five. Which, um, I I enjoyed this movie. I'll come out and say it. Like, watching it, I was like, this is like a solid, just good movie. Like, it's not, it's not great. I'm not going to need to watch this again. But for the hour and a half I was watching it, I was intrigued. You know, it gets like a thumbs up, but it's like, a, it's like a C plus for me. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. I, I am under the same thing. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'd go out of my way to watch that again. Right. Yeah. But if I was sick on the couch on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. and it was on TNT and there was nothing else going on. You might flip over? I let it play. Just, like, yeah. I, I mean, I actually really, I really had a, I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. Um, I feel like this isn't missing from my life now. Like, uh, just like the good, solid thriller. Like, there was a lot of them in the 90s where it's just like, what's going on here? Yeah, we're not really getting many of these anymore. Yeah. We're really not. I think cable TV is why. Oh, yeah, you know, because this, really, if you wanted to remake, and we'll ask this in, in the, uh, do you make a sequel of this or do you make a remake? Like, this this would be like an HBO like um, eight part miniseries. Yeah. Or, you know, it'd be Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, I'd watch that too. Pretty Little Liars or um, Guy Plotting Night the Murder of, of His Wife, Night of type of deal. Yeah. 
and the murder goes down in episode three. And yeah. Like, well, this is six episodes. And then, of course, she survives. And boom, you got like three more episodes. This would be, that would be a perfect vehicle for this story. Yeah. I, uh, Netflix, don't take, that's our idea. I think as far as remakes go, this is how you make a remake mm-hmm. to me. There was differences. Yeah. There's things that are the same. Um, so this, so we, so we did three Hitchcock movies. We did Disturbia, which claims it is not a remake. We did Psycho, which goes, we are the exact same movie. And then we have this, which is, we took an idea and we modernized it, but we still fully acknowledge this is a remake. Yeah. The, the, the there are certain, um, plot points that are the same in both movies. Um, but you know, one takes place in 1954 England, the other one's, you know, 1998, uh, New York. Yeah. But, uh, pl- there's plenty of like. Uh, comp- uh, similarities between the two that I, I think the director was fully aware of that he was making. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This movie had... They do change some things. I, I think some of the changes they made, like, I was like, oh, that was, that was a, you know, that was a good choice. He, like, Gwyneth Paltrow's your star. She she needs a big bigger part in the second half of the movie. You need there, her around. There's a... Um, Perfect Murder has a lot... Comparatively speaking, mm-hmm. to Down from Murder, a lot of twists and turns. Yeah, I think from from my perspective, there's probably I'd say one twist and turn too many. Okay, in this movie. Other than that, I have a positive outlook on this. Yeah, film. this like I C plus B minus is kind of where I fall into it. It was very atmospheric. Yeah, I think maybe it just needed like. A little more suspense, maybe a little more thrill to be a suspenseful thriller, but yeah, maybe one too many, just like we're turning like a, another twist. Yeah, yeah, like we we knew like halfway through the movie, you, you know what's up, and now it's a now it's a, a it's a race to see who can solve it. But yeah, there there's a little twist to turn is you know blackmails going every way. Yeah, everybody's blackmailing everybody, and it's just like maybe calm that down. But I need a little more thrill, a little more suspense. Maybe I need a little more like. Is our leads in danger? You know, but uh, it was good. I mean, there was a part where I was like, "I know how this ends, right?" I'm pretty sure I know how this ends. So you gonna get away with this? <laughs> like, I did have that. Like, maybe that's a crazy twist. Be like, yo, it's the same movie, but at the end, he just gets away. Yeah. It, you know what it was? The perfect murder. <laughs> he says it, looks at the camera, winks, <laughs> run credits. Uh, Rage Against the Machine plays. <laughs> That's, if I rebate a perfect bird, that's how it ends. <laughs> uh, so, to clear some stuff up, last week I thought this movie was called, starring Halle Berry, that is a movie called A Perfect Stranger, starring okay. Halle Berry and Bruce Willis, mm. where she is an uh, investigative journalist and he is a high-powered um, CEO who may or may not be committing murder. Oh, that sounds good. Is that a remake of anything? Uh, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. But uh, we, we check it out. It might be a remake of the the, the show. I never actually watched Perfect Strangers. So, <laughs> Balky? Yeah. Maybe they took like a plot from that. Oh yeah, maybe a maybe one episode there that I didn't see. <laughs> made, made it a movie with Holly Berry and Bruce Willis. Um. So I, I was uh, you know it's Michael Douglas, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Gwyneth Paltrow was like a huge star, but it was all nineteen. This is one of five movies. That Gwyneth Paltrow made that was released in 1998, and before that, 
there wasn't like a lot of Gwyneth Paltrow pre nineteen ninety eight. I don't know how Hollywood just kind of like decided like we're putting you in a lot of movies. Was this the Shakespeare in Love year? Yeah, Shakespeare in Love's one of them. Uh, Sliding Doors. Uh, I've never the, even heard of that. This one, um, Sliding Doors is interesting. I remember when I seen it as a kid. It's Gwyneth Paltrow, and like she misses a train, but then there's like two timelines, and one of the timelines she gets on the train, and it's like how like the her lives differ. There might be a perfect murder. In cute. That. Yeah. Sounds cute. Yeah. Yeah, five <laughs> movies. And then, like, before it, I was like, oh, yeah, Gwen Paltrow. She was in seven. She was in. And I kind of ran out of movies. I looked at her IMDb. I was like, oh, you were in a lot. And then all of a sudden, 1998, you just, like, in five movies. And now and now you're Gwen Paltrow. Uh, I only bring that up because I was like, wow, Gwen Paltrow, big star. That's what you need in the second half of the movie. Uh, they were thinking, uh, casting What If, until now from another movie podcast, but Catherine Zeta Jones. Does it change the movie at all? If Catherine Zeta-Jones... Instead of uh, strapping a rocket on Gwyneth Paltrow. Five movies, 98. And it's just I don't know. I mean, I think... Uh, I like Catherine Zeta-Jones. I don't... I don't know. Gwyneth Paltrow kind of has this... Almost kind of a... Immature quality to her which I'm not Catherine in the movie her character uh-huh. which I'm not sure Catherine Zeta-Jones could have pulled yeah. off not like I, I don't know the word I'm thinking of it of but um, I don't know yeah I feel like Catherine Zeta-Jones may, may, maybe too uh, too posh is that, is that a thing I, I get Catherine Zeta-Jones would be like have all this money but then I was like yeah I'd buy she'd have an affair keep it away from Michael Douglas but she's the one really you have all the power lady Man, this movie's made now. Time's up. Yeah, I mean, maybe... Just leave them. Maybe that's why I went with Gwyneth. Yeah. The, the immaturity. Yeah. Like, she's, she has this affair. She wants to leave her husband. She won't leave her husband. It's like, yeah. But you got the money. Yeah, and it's, it's more believable to me that... Because I, I, I don't know how old they are in real life. But it's more believable to me that at the time, Gwyneth would come off as a younger person yeah. than Catherine Zeta. So maybe I can believe that a younger person married to this older... Banking guy would yeah. be more apt to stray from the marital vows. So, I was watching with my wife. We both brought up how the bad guy's not actually as bad as the. T- <laughs> yeah, You're like, you know what? I see his points. I mean, that's one thing I thought of after both. I'm like, yeah, the bad guy, but I mean, she's just getting away with shit too. Perfect affair. Yeah, but one's not illegal. I. Morally, you can have an affair. You cannot murder I, someone. I don't disagree. I don't disagree yeah. with with murder being wrong, at all. <laughs> I, think, I just uh, think we're, we're brushing over some other things here. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's an immaturity to not coming and just being like, "Hey, man, Vigo is like 20 years younger than you. He's an artist. Have you seen his jaw? Great jaw. I would like to leave you. That's immature. Murdering someone is like you cannot do this, Michael Douglas. Although. To, in his defense, it was the perfect murder. <laughs> you could just follow through. It was the perfect, perfect murder. Uh, we were watching the movie, and uh, we're watching, and there's a scene where Gwen Paltrow and her mom's there, and you kind of get the feeling like her mom is like Michael Douglas' character. Yeah, they seem cold. Yeah, kind of yeah. cold, yeah, cold to each other. And then we're kind of thinking about it, like, ooh, is there something, is there a reason Michael Douglas is 25 years older than Gwen Paltrow? Like, that has to play somewhere in the plot. And it doesn't. It never comes up. No, not really. So, my question to you is, is there a reason that there was such an age discrepancy? 
1998, it was it perfectly acceptable that you have Michael Douglas, big, huge movie star, you're going to put him with a, with a young 25-year-old woman I, who's also going to be a big, huge movie star. I mean, in the movie, it doesn't matter. I mean, you just yeah. need, we just need Michael Douglas. Yeah. And we need a good-looking woman. Oh, see, I, I questioned. I was like, wait a minute. But she... The part the part that she has all the money always throws me off. Because it's like, well, I get if he's super rich. But she's super rich. He must have been quite the charmer. Yeah. 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 But then somewhere in the I'm match, sure he... I, I'm it's sure... It's gone sour. You know? She thought he was a, just a swell guy. He gets... You get, you get locked down. He's controlling. Yeah. But, you know... Good hair still. Yep. For his age. Narcissistic, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. That's all part. kinds. Of, there's all kinds of elements we don't yeah. really know. You know. I, I think why we, she strayed. I think what he should have done is kept him. Or maybe as, he pushed her away. Maybe strayed the wrong word. Maybe yeah. he pushed her away. We don't know. I, I think it makes more sense to me in my in my brain that it, you keep him the tennis pro. He's uh she's rich. She works for the UN, but she loved tennis. She idolized mm-hmm. Michael Douglas. You know, maybe he never won like a like a major. But, you know, he's solid. And then she gets the chance to meet him. Yeah, he's 25 years old, but she's loved Michael. She had the Michael Douglas poster on her wall. Then you find out they get married. It turns out maybe he's not the uh, the peach of a guy he always was uh, in those uh, Nike commercials that he started. in. If we remake it, I go back, tennis pro. Okay. We make him, we make, <laughs> we make him a tennis pro. Yeah. Um, so, A Perfect Murder... Did we did we need a remake to um, dial in for murder? Uh, no. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. I think it's a great story. I think it's I a great it. plot. I, I thought it. Yeah. I mean, I like Perfect Murder. That, I thought it was, I was fine. That, that, that's a great. That's a great plot device. It is. It's super cool. Yeah. It's super cool. Like you think about like a man pays to, or you know, anybody. Someone is paying someone to murder whoever. To get something, and then the murder goes wrong. Yeah, and it's probably you know it's been done a hundred times. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be do- done a hundred more times. But there, this one has some really cool elements that are yeah. are unique to them. Um, would you like to see a remake to A Perfect Murder? I'm saying yes because I want I want that t- I want tennis brought back into it. I don't want to see a remake. I want to see a sequel. Oh, and that's the next question. We should see a sequel to A Perfect Murder. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. What happens in the sequel? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I need to see it. No. It's Gwyneth Paltrow, and it turns into uh, 40-somethings. We have, um, the the sequel picks up right as the movie, like right where it ended, in A Perfect Murder, it picks up right there. Gwyneth Paltrow turns to the detective and goes, hey man, where were you like the whole movie? Because you had a much bigger part in the original (laughs) And then you're in the remake, yeah. and you really don't do nothing. That bummed me out, because I love the detective stuff yeah. in the and first you, one. When you when we meet the detective in A Perfect Murder, you think he's going oh, to do something. Oh, you're like, it's on. He's immediately suspicious yeah. of everybody. He shows up, he's got this look. I don't know, what's he speaking, Armenian? I don't know, but it's like... I put Elvish, I didn't it's know. It's on. I saw Vigo, and I was like... Like, you, you yeah. thought, it's on. We got yeah. some, we're going to yeah. get some good hard-boiled detective he, work he's here. In, uh, he's in the interrogation. Yeah. He's watching the interrogation. He's yeah. like, uh, you going to turn it up? I like it this way. Hey, man, maybe you should have turned it up. Because <laughs> I feel like you left the case pretty quick. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's what's only C+. Because, like, maybe I need more of the police investigation. Yeah. Side of it is just like, okay, yeah, the murder happened. Now we have another half of a movie. And you introduce this character... 
he doesn't do a lot. I think you need him to do a little more. Well, that's the thing. The police don't detect anything in this movie. They don't detect anything. uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, in the end, detects everything. They need to team up. So that's that's a main difference. Yeah. (laughs) You know, have them them figure stuff out together. Yeah, have a little buddy cop. Yeah. She joins, she goes to the academy. That's the sequel. She joins the academy. (laughs) Because she's so disappointed by his police work. She's like, I had to figure out all this by myself. Or she's that impressed with her own. Yeah. She's like... I this did, is my calling. I did this. It was so easy for me to do this. Yep. I'm joining the police force. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see that sequel. Uh, can you make a case that someone would prefer a perfect murder to dial in for murder? Yeah, I think so. I think it brings a, a modern outlook. It's more relatable for sure. Yeah. And it's more action-driven than dialogue-driven, which the modern audience would definitely... Yeah, there's definitely, you know, you, know, you, you appreciate Dial for Murder. It's great dialogue. It's well acted. Um, you know, there, there's some great plot involved in it. But, you know, in 1998, you just can't beat a great knifing out of nowhere. We do need we do need more of those movies. Yeah. We need more of these hard-boiled murder. Yeah. Sexy murder movies. Sexy murder. Yeah. The, the, the sexy thriller. I like it many, and I think it is because of Cable. Yeah. And that's filling the hole a little bit. Yeah. But. You can just be, yeah, you can be uh, Night Of on HBO. You can be Big Little Lies on HBO. You know, Bloodline. You know, yeah, you just yeah. put on one of these network shows and it's like a perfect murder. I think, I think take, you know what they should do? They could take any of these Hitchcock movies we've done and that could be eight episodes. I don't know if you get a season two because they all have great resolutions. Right, well, I mean. But you get like a, yeah. you just get a season of like. Fantastic eight, like all these can be streamed out to eight hours. Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna get a season two a night of. Yeah, somehow we're getting a season two of Big Little Lies, which baffles me, right? But I'm still gonna check that shit out, yeah, because yeah. I love that Reese Witherspoon fun character in that show. Yeah. I hear season three True Detective, it is it is a full go, it's a full go. I hope, uh, I hope they can uh, collect some of that magic that they had in season one, put yeah. that in a bottle, shake it up with some baking soda, and explode some good shit on that. You know, I'm gonna ride them off. Two is shit. Uh, Perfect Murder, 55%. I'd say True Detective, you're sitting at a 50%. Doesn't mean you're a bad show. You just had a shitty season. Had a bad season. Had a bad season. A rough, bounce back. Rough season, yep. Now you have another bad season, now you drop to 33%. I don't know if I can <laughs> ride with you. I don't know if I can like, be like, oh, I really like True Detective, and someone goes and looks at it, and they're like, 33%? No, I can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. I, I would feel good recommending it. I do feel good recommending a perfect murder. I think this is a perfect like uh, Tuesday throw on the DVD, make some you know have some popcorn movie. That's a fun. That's a fun little movie. Yeah, it really is a fun little movie to watch. Yeah, I, I've I watched my wife. She she was going to read a book, and the story like is engaging and like you follow it all along. You're just like, wait, how, is he going to get away with it? Is or is she going to catch him? Is you know how's this all playing? You right up to the end, you're just like every step. You're just like. All right, I want to see what happens next. Michael Douglas is pretty damn good in it. Yeah, I, I mean, this is great. I don't know if he's, if that's just Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, I is mean, a, Michael Douglas is never a guy I've, I've thought of as like, like if you were just like, oh, name twenty great actors. I don't think I get to Michael Douglas. No, I, he's not because he's not a guy I mean, who I constantly think of. Yeah, and I'm think I'm trying to think of Michael Douglas movies. Yeah, and the only ones I can think of because leading up to this, I had never seen a Perfect Murder, so uh-huh. I was excited. Yeah, I bought a Michael Douglas four pack DVD. Yeah. Of the four movies, the only one I had seen was Falling Down. Okay. 
vastly different character. Yeah. So I don't know if this is just like power hungry Michael Douglas or right. oh well uh, yeah is he in Wall Street? He is. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. This, so this 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 is Wall Street Michael Douglas. Very Wall yeah, Street. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I have seen another Michael Douglas movie. Okay. And then of course Wall Street Two: Money Never Sleeps. Oh shit! I didn't see that. Which we know it doesn't. So. <laughs> maybe we we'll do that. Is that LaBeouf? Yeah, maybe we should watch that one. Do we get the Hitchcock connection? Maybe we should hit that. Yeah. Douglas month, anyway. Yeah, Douglas we'll month. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Perfect Murder. I give it a thumbs up. I think it's, like I said, solid C+. Plus. We don't have a rating system, but, you know, it's, it's a C plus, B minus for me. It's, it's kind of it's, it's like, it's ro- like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. You listen. Pass, fail. And you you know what? Maybe you think we're talking positive. Maybe you think we're talking negative. Yeah. You decide. Boom, yeah. There you go. Maybe you got, uh, you know, maybe you listen and you really pick sides. And you're like, Team Mike, Team Mark. Maybe, I mean, that's a thing. I haven't been on Reddit. I haven't I haven't looked this up. I don't know if there are Team Mark, Team Mike uh, factions. Well, Team Mike says, check it out. Yeah, Team Mark also says says watch it. Um, so, I guess if Ron Tomato is listening, we're giving it a positive score. Yeah. But, again, up to interpretation. We'll bump that up. What was that on Rotten Tomatoes? 55. We'll, we'll get that up to 57 at least. 57, yeah. <laughs> we're, you know what? And we're almost fresh. That's right. You know, what is fresh? 60. 60. 60. 70 certified, but 60, they're like, yeah, it's good. You're above failing. Yeah. You get a D. It's a class that's pass-fail. That's yeah. right. Um, so, if you have opinions about Perfect Murder or any Alfred Hitchcock movie, maybe there's a remake we, we, we didn't do. We only did three of them. You can email us at dbtgpodcast, gmail.com, or uh, send us a tweet, dbtgpod, at dbtgpodcast. Um find us on Facebook. You can find us everywhere. Except for iTunes still. I don't know what's going on with Steve Jobs. Like, hmm. you, you haven't responded to any of my emails. So, they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, you know what? We're on Google. That's right. We're on Stitcher. We're on all your podcast directories. We are an entity that does exist and cannot be denied by, by Apple. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we haven't decided what we're doing for February. You know, we're going to take our, our normal week off and then uh, come back in February. Should yeah. We, are we doing another theme month? Ah, uh, well, uh... Should we wrap our head, come up with yeah, something? Yeah, we'll have to think of, we'll have to think so of something. What's February? We're doing, we're doing romance remakes? Oh, shit. Yeah, why Why would we do that in February? Oh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. 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 Something to think Ooh, about. Michael Douglas, Romancing the Stone. You ever seen that one? I have. Yeah. Yeah. He's in That's that. another one I've seen. Boom. All right. Uh, Jewel Denial, right? Crushing it, yeah. That's another one. So, yeah. uh... War of the Roses. I like that movie. I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah, it's uh, him and Kathleen Turner are married. They're going through a really tough divorce, and uh, Danny DeVito is their divorce lawyer. Oh, I love DeVito. And they all have to like they have to like stay in the house together. That but, sounds amazing. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, Michael does. He pops up. He's you know you really just gotta you gotta think about it. Yeah, yeah. So I do it this week. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with with a new movie. We'll post it on Twitter. You until then it's been don't be that guy. Got a sequel remakes. There's no perfect plan. My God, I had absolutely no intention of any. Emily, of the other you thing. have lost your sense of humor in your old age.